0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Bible says in verse number 3, for I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I've also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, that after that he was seen above 500 brethren at once, of the greater part remained under this present. Some are fallen asleep, some have passed away. After that, he was seen of James, then all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me, also who was one born out of due time. Go to verse number 12, if you will. And now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen, and if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he was raised up, raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if it so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and ye are yet in your sins." then they which were also fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. By the way, that verse is confusing to some. All he's saying is if, if, if all we have is the ministry of Jesus Christ of the healing of the sick, and the raising of the dead while he was here, and water to wine and feeding the 5,000. If that's all what we have, we're miserable. But we have more than that. We have he is not here, he has risen. We have the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But now is Christ, verse 20, risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so Christ is all made alive. Today is, I wanna speak to you on a a subject that is just two words with a punctuation mark at the end. The punctuation mark is a question, a question mark. My two words, no, resurrection, question mark, no resurrection, you've gotta be kidding me. No, resurrection, And yet, the majority of all religions of the world claim that there is no resurrection. If there be no resurrection, this is all a hoax. I serve a risen savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living. Whatever men may say, I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me, he talks with me, a long life's narrow away. he lives. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. 1956, just a few miles from here, in a little church that night with no electricity, lanterns glowing, I realized I had died in Adam. As we read here, I realized I was a sinner. I was alienated from God. I was away from God. No one had to tell me I was a sinner. I was an expert at lying to my mother. I knew how to lie to my mother. I knew how to have an angry temper. I was a sinner needing a savior and Jesus came and he died on the cross for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But here's the problem, if Jesus did not conquer death, I have no hope of conquering death. He became the first fruits that others can follow because he rose from the dead. All the cults of today, they, uh, they espouse doubt and destroy and deny the resurrection. But it's not new. In uh, the New Testament time, the Sadducees, I love that word, I heard a preacher so many decades ago say, what, what do you mean, Sadducees? Well, they're sad, you see. They're just sad. Because the Sadducees, Mark chapter 12, did not believe in the resurrection. They did not believe that, oh, they were religious, and they, the, they dotted the I, and they crossed the T, and they were great, great religious people, but they did not believe that Jesus conquered death. Well, then we have no hope. There have been the doubters and the redefiners of Christianity, as there are doubters and redefiners of America. I, I wanna insert on Easter, I am glad I'm an American. I'm glad for our country. I'm glad for our flag. Has nothing to do with the message, but I'm glad I put it in there. I'm glad for America. I am a grateful person for the family. Thank God for male and female created he them. And children, I'm thankful for the home. I'm not a denier, I'm not a a redefiner of the family, a redefiner of America. I'm not a redefiner of Christianity. I'm not a redefiner of morals or the mission of the church. And I want to say today, the resurrection, no resurrection. Well, people may believe that, but that's our hope. We have no hope if there's no resurrection. What is the result of a no resurrection theory? What does it mean? No resurrection? What does it mean? Verse 14, number one, if Christ be not vain, then is our preaching vain. Preaching is that Greek word kerouk, it means to publicly declare. What we declare that Jesus is the Son of God, it's all in vain. It's a waste of time. You take a country without Jesus Christ, You take a church without Jesus Christ, you take a family without Jesus Christ, you take an individual without Jesus Christ, and we're most men miserable, why? Because Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me. We have a problem of lying in America right now. We can look in the news media and just lie right at them, lie to the American people. But why is that? Because we're not anchored to truth. Jesus is truth, in him is truth. And without Jesus Christ at the helm of our lives, we don't have truth, we have dishonesty. And Jesus said, the Bible says, if Christ be not risen, then our preaching's in vain. I would hate to think that nearly now, 50 years of preaching, I would hate to think it was all in vain. It was all wasted. I wasted my life I, my mother and dad, they moved here 1953 to a little place called Centerville. It wasn't Fremont yet. That did not become a city until 1956. Our little city of Centerville had had 2,500 people. Five towns all merged together. Each one had 2,500 people. Each one had a little downtown. And we had 10,000 people in our city now of Fremont. And I'm so thankful that I was in a church that believed in preaching the word of God. And I got saved, as I told you earlier. And I got trained and I went to Bible college and studied for the ministry. And I came back here. And I think that all that effort of people's lives in my life, Sunday school teachers, a mother and a dad, camp workers, going to camp, youth workers, going to Bible college, all the professors that taught me in the Midwest the word of God, and all the people and the two pastors I worked for that that took me under their wing and trained me in the ministry. I would hate to think that all that effort, all that money, all that time, all that training, all that education was all in vain. And then to preach here for 45 plus years and it's all wasted but it's not wasted because he rose from the dead. No resurrection. Oh, you may believe that if you want to, but our preaching's in vain. I'll tell you the result of a no resurrection theory. Not only is our preaching in vain, verse 15, and we are false witnesses. We are found false witnesses. We're frauds. We're frauds. I'm looking at a bunch of frauds here, and you're looking at a big fraud right here. If there be no resurrection, our God had to conquer death because of eternity. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten so that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How can you have everlasting life when your leader dies and stays in a tomb? He had to conquer death. I'd hate to think that my life has been a fraud the people that I love so much called the North Valley Baptist Church and you dear guests that are here today all over the place. Thank God for each and every one of you. I'd hate to think that we're frauds. Can you imagine I see these two doctors down here during COVID? It must have been a very hard time for you, dear folks. We have 68 people in the medical field in this church. Now, I may have lost count, maybe way over that now. You name the hospitals, they work around here. And I thank God for what they've done the last 13 months for our country. Thank God for men like you, and he's kept you safe. But can you imagine after the years of training, the schooling that you've gone through, and the, and the internships you had to go through, and the costs that you went through, if it was all a fraud? Medicine was a fraud? I just faked my way through? Oh no, oh no, I'll tell you what, if our preaching... Is in vain, and we are yet, and we are found false witnesses. It's because there was no resurrection. Thirdly, it's a false faith. Look, it says in verse 16, for if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Your faith is in vain. Our preaching is in vain. Ourselves were in vain. We're false teachers. And then our false faith, our faith. Is a fake. My faith and my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. I dare not trust a sweeter frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Number four, all oh, this is awful. If Christ be not raised, verse 17, the latter part of the verse verse 17, if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain and you're yet in your sins. You're yet in your sin. Our Sunday school class this morning, we reminded ourselves that if we say that we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. I, I wish I could say in 56, when I got 1956, got saved, I wish I could say I've lived a sinless life. Oh no, I haven't. I- I've tormented myself and through my life, the things I've done wrong in my life, hopefully by the grace of God, I've not done anything to ever disqualify myself from being the pastor but I tell you what, I've not been right all the time. Sometimes it's old, sinful, wicked pride. I'm not gonna tell my wife I'm sorry. I'm not gonna apologize to her. And I didn't know that did not last very long. I never tried to let the, ever the sun go down with, with any regard for against my wife ever. I thank God for all these many years she stayed by my side. I had to on two occasions, I recall, I got frustrated with my children and two occasions had to gather gather them together just just real quickly and they're all in the ministry today. Two of our boys are pastors, another son is the principal of a Christian school. Our three kids are amazing, they're mates of course. But I want you to know I had to gather them together and say, Tim, Tiffany, Tabitha, dad was wrong about 15 minutes ago. I was wrong, I was short, I was not right. I can't blame on the fact that I'm worn out or I'm tired or this. They were little kids at the time. Now they're grown adults, and they all have 14. We have 14 grandkids. But I had to say that was wrong. Oh, I wish I lived for the Hosea perfect life. I wish I could have been a perfect pastor. I wish I'd have made every effort I should have made. I think of a young man in our ministry several years ago that died, and perished in one day. And the, just the day before, I said to him, I said, or the hours before, I said, let's get together this week for coffee. I should have pressed it and done it right there. I think I could have spared his life. I think if I would have just said, "Let's," you got time right now. I regret so many decisions I've made in life. But i tell you this. I'm glad that God when I got saved removed my sin gone, 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 gone yes my sins are gone I like that song because I'm saved the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin First John but I'm glad that song what sins are you talking about I don't remember them anymore in the book of life they've all been torn out I don't Remember them anymore. My sins are gone. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free, and in my heart there's a song buried in the depths of the sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally. Praise God. My sins are gone. So the accuser of the brethren, Revelation chapter 12, he comes to the throne of grace. He says, There's Jack down there. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Jack. Look at him. Look look, look at him. He's not doing right now. Look at your son. That's Jack. Look at his sin. The Bible says that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And Jesus looks beyond my fault and he cleanses me from all sin. That blood is cleansing me from all my sin. There's There's no sin on my account. He removed it. Well, I got saved. He put all my sins under the blood. They were all, you say, well, I could see that when you get saved, but what about future sins? All of my sins were future when he died on the cross. And he died on my behalf. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities and the chastisement of our peace is upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Oh, I tell you what, he humbled himself. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, and wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Are you saved today? I can recall that night when I walked forward and a, 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 a little Sunday school teacher her husband was superintendent of schools in our little new city called Fremont. And she led me to Christ, Viva Morning Star that night. Led me to Jesus Christ. My prayer, I don't remember it. I, it was something like I'm a sinner. No one had to tell me I was a sinner. And on this day, I asked Jesus to save me and forgive me my sin. I'm so thankful that suddenly when my sister died in November, had an explosion of the heart. I'm so thankful I saw her, my sweet sister in that casket. I'm glad that in our little house, in a little place called Centerville, a little flat top house, I'm glad in the backyard she crawled up in that apricot tree one day. She knew she was a sinner, she knew she had to be saved. You talk about a perfect sister, my twin sister in Tennessee might be watching right now. We were so blessed to be brother and sister to our sister Judy. And Jack and Jill watched her, Jill and Judy was such a sweet girl. But all that day in that tree, she asked Jesus to be her savior. Her name was recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm so thankful I look back and see my dad, 1932, he went to church, and a white horse was a white drawn carriage, and he went to church at an old German church in Wisconsin. And that day, as he got saved and went to church, he came back home and he said to his blind mother, "Mother, I need to ask Jesus to be my savior." And he'll tell the story when he was alive that she was at the wood-burning pot-belly stove cooking as a blind woman for her family, and she said, "God leap." His name was Gubby. Gubby God leap means God loves. God leap. What's, what's troubling you, son? Here's a blind lady, but she had an awareness, something was troubling her little boy that day. And she said, Godly, what's troubling you? Hey, said Mama, I need to get saved. And she put things aside on that potbelly stove and led her son to Jesus Christ as a as a as a nine-year-old boy. He trusted Christ that day. Are you saved? You know we're running out of time. Soon the trumpet's gonna sound. Jesus is coming again. He will not allow mankind to get rid, continually block him out of their lives. And the Bible says the trump shall sound. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive remain shall be caught together and meet them in the clouds. I wanna say Jesus is coming again. The Bible declares when you think not, he's coming again. When he comes, he'll gather Christians to heaven. We'll be there for seven years. The marriage supper of the Lamb, the beam of seat judgment of Christ, and we'll stay with him. But on that seven-year period, there'll be a seven-year tribulation on planet Earth. The first three and a half years, the Bible records to us, it'd be rather peaceful. A satanic alliance will be made with the nations of the world and religions of the world to get along with one another. It will seem peaceful at first. Oh, and then the bloodshed begins and the sword begins, and all the millions will die, and then God steps in, and the water is turned to blood, and there's earthquakes in diverse places, and there's hail, and there's thunders, and there's are lightnings, there's scorpions, and God begins to judge, and the world by the millions lay dying, and they gather eventually in a valley called Megiddo, which is Armageddon. Napoleon said this is the most natural place in all the world to have a world war. They'll gather and they'll gather to fight against God Almighty, but He will be the victor. How can He be the victor? Because He's already conquered death. He's a risen Savior. I'd like to say, I'd like to say verse 18 in closing, the Bible says that they which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If there's not a resurrection, your loved ones did not go to heaven if they knew Jesus Christ. There has to be a resurrection. A preacher stood yesterday at my mother and dad's marker. They're buried about 200 miles from here. Brother Bud Silva, he took a picture of it. His little grandson's laid really near my, Jack is near, near uh, my parents. And He took a picture and there's beautiful flowers there. I said, where'd those beautiful flowers come from? He and his precious wife placed them there on my parents' graveside. They, he was such a good pastor to them. When my mother died a few years ago, I said to Dad, what do you want on the marker of the tombstone? And he said, I, I want John 11. I am the resurrection and the life. That verse says, I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Three years later, which is three years ago, my father in March passed away. And he's laid next to rest night, my mother. And there it is, I saw that marker again last night and I saw it this morning. And I saw the picture of my mother's name, my dad's name Gottlieb, my mother's name Emily. The date of their birth, the date of their death. And I saw on the bottom, I am the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty-five. 25. That's the hope we have. Our God rose from the dead. I thank God for my parents that they're joined heaven. One day when that trumpet sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And God will give us a glorified body. There has to be a resurrection. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 20. Now Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. He has led the way. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection. Look at verse 26. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. How about verse number 54? Take a look at it, if you will. Verse number 54. For when this corruptible, this which is dying and is perishing, shall put on incorruption, this this is mortal, put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. For a Christian, it's victory. Heaven's our home because there is a resurrection. My mother was born on January the 1st, 1924. That same day, a man by the name of Lenin, the founder of the Communist Party in the Soviet, former Soviet Union, died and he lay on display there in Moscow. Do you know his body? Nearly now, 100 years later, his body is still on display. He was a leader of millions and millions and millions and millions died in his hand. There his body lays for people to see linen. But may I tell you something? Linens, you can see his body, but he never rose from the dead. You never went in to see his body at the mausoleum there and say, look, I think he's beginning to move because Lenin is dead. Lenin had a coworker who followed him. His name was Stalin. And by the way, I'd say this about Lenin: Lenin grew up where he hated his father. He married a Jewish girl. That Jewish girl grew up in a Lutheran home. Her dad would preach the word and she rejected the gospel. And she married Lenin, and the two of them began a communist party that enslaved and embondaged people throughout the world, and especially in that region of the world. He had an assistant. His name was Stalin. Stalin came on the scene and was ruthless. But Stalin died in 1953. And in 53, they tried to preserve his body, but never worked his he died, and there he lays, and he's still not resurrected from the dead. Shankai Kai-shek, in 1975, when this church began, he died at age 89. He murdered and slaughtered millions, but may I say this, he's still dead. He did not raise from the dead. Mao Tung. Mao Tung lived in my lifetime. He was a communist, and in 1958, he established to the world we're going to have what's called the Great Leap, the Great Leap. I'll not only, I'll not only end hunger in our area, but in hunger in the world. And he had a new way of doing things in '58. But by 1961, just those few three years, 15 million Chinese died through starvation. Mao Tung led to be 89. Mao Tung in his life killed up to 80 million Chinese through his communist party. But may I say something about Mao Tung that died in 1975, just a few months before this church began, he's still dead. None of these conquered death but Jesus did. Sir Walter Riley was beheaded for his faith. The night before he was beheaded, he wrote a poem. The next day after they beheaded him, they found his Bible. They saw the notes before, and I won't read the entire poem, but I read the last two lines. From this earth, this grave, This dust, God shall raise me up, I trust. How could he die with that kind of faith? Because his faith wasn't in vain. I serve a risen Savior, low in the grave he lay, Jesus my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus my Lord, up from the grave he arose. The religions of this world do not have hope in a resurrection. Christian science does not, Mormonism does not, Jehovah's Witness does not. Their faith ends at the resurrection. Our faith, Christianity, begins at the resurrection. He conquered death. Thank God he is not here, he is risen. A pastor in Philadelphia so many years ago was getting ready for Easter week. He kept reading about the life of Christ and particularly Matthew 28 about uh, how Jesus was buried and how that when they came to see the tomb was, stone was rolled away, not to let him out. He had already risen. He didn't need someone to move the tomb, the, the stone away. He wanted them to look in and see he's not here. He has risen as he said. Come see the place where our Lord lay. Have preacher from that great Baptist church, Westchester Baptist Church in Philadelphia, was reading that text. He was so overwhelmed with the Easter story about the resurrection of Christ. He went to the old pump organ in 1874 and he immediately began to write down some words. He wrote these words and he said, I'm going to put this to music. And they sang it in 1874 on Easter Sunday. Lo, In the grave he lay, Jesus, my Savior, waiting the coming day. Jesus, my Lord, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He arose, a victor of a dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. I am so grateful I serve a resurrected Savior. No resurrection! Oh yes, there is a resurrection. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org.